This afternoon I preach to you the Word of God as it is summarized and confessed by the church in Lord's Day 5 of the Heidelberg Catechism, and we'll read that together. It's on page 521 in the Book of Praise. Here the church confesses, Since according to God's righteous judgment, we deserve temporal and eternal punishment, how can we escape this punishment and be again received into favor? God demands that his justice be satisfied. Therefore, we must make full payment, either by ourselves or through another. Can we ourselves make this payment? Certainly not. On the contrary, we daily increase our debt. Can any mere creature pay for us? No. In the first place, God will not punish another creature for the sin which man has committed. Furthermore, no mere creature can sustain the burden of God's eternal wrath against sin and deliver others from it. What kind of mediator and deliverer must we seek? One who is a true and righteous man, and yet more powerful than all creatures, that is, one who is at the same time true God. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when you understand how difficult it is to do something, you are better able to understand the person who manages to do that. I think you could think of a, an example of, of sports. If you've ever tried to play a sport like soccer or basketball and you find out how difficult it is, then when you're watching the sport being played, you're able to understand the special gifts that those who play it have. The church needs to understand the seriousness of their situation and the impossibility of doing something about it themselves so that we learn to throw ourselves upon the mercy of God, that we truly understand the greatness of the work of our Lord Jesus Christ and completely trust in Him for all salvation as we follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit wherever he may lead us as we walk in restored communion with God. In the first Lord's Days, Lord's Days 2 to 4, we can see our confession about the hopelessness of a, rebellion, a rebellious sinner's situation. As Christians who know about Jesus Christ, we want to glorify him with our heart and soul and mind and strength. And so with his person and work in our minds already and knowing the answer we expose the weakness of anyone who thinks they don't need Jesus Christ and we ask the question how can fallen man escape the punishment he deserves do you understand the question do you understand the fullness of what Jesus Christ has done can you think of another way of doing what he's done in the history of the human race, there have been many attempts to climb out of the pit by human strength. And if you open your Bibles and you look at Psalm 49, there it speaks of wicked people who trust in their wealth and boast of their great riches. That's in verse 6. Such people we see in verse 13, they, they trust in themselves and they do not think of God. But in the end, we read in verse 12, they cannot save themselves. Man in his pomp will not remain. 
He is like the beasts that perish. Earlier in the same psalm, the Lord explains the big problem that we all face. No man, it's verses 7 to 9, truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life. For the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice that he should live on forever and never see the pit. The fact of the matter is that Scripture so clearly reveals is that no one can redeem his own life from the wrath of God. We need to look outside of ourselves. And the Scripture gives us then a wonderful message of hope in verse 15. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. And the psalm shouts out to the world. It shouts out, hey, fallen man, hear the good news. Although the law condemns you for your sins and your sinful heart doesn't even care, God is able to redeem you in his son Jesus Christ. You don't have to stay under God's punishment forever. You do not need to remain an object of God's wrath. But you need to confess and believe that the solution is not in yourself and only in Jesus Christ. And the call drives us to our knees in humble repentance and confession and submission. And I preach to you the gospel calling everyone to embrace Jesus Christ as mediator and deliverer, because no creature can redeem the life of fallen man, but God can. We'll see that our debt increases every day. Our punishment is ours to pay, and Christ Jesus is the only way. Our confession about the situation of fallen man is very serious. If you take time to reflect on the words, you see, how serious our confession about who we are is, and it's very clear. We confess that by nature we are inclined to hate God in our neighbor. You could see that in answer 5. And that in paradise our natures became so corrupt that we are all conceived and born in sin. Answer 7, Psalm 51. And therefore we are totally unable to do any good and inclined to all evil. Man has robbed himself and his descendants of the ability to fulfill the law of God. And that is what we as Christians confess. And since that is what fallen man is like, of course we cannot satisfy the justice of God. The problem has to do with who we are more than what we do or don't do. A wicked rebel cannot appease the very king that he is rebelling against just by offering him some money. His offer to do something good is an attempt to ransom his life and it will not work before a righteous judge. God cannot be bought with money. God will not even consider good works as a way back because he cannot ignore the fact that our debt still exists. The Bible is clear that you are by nature a rebel and you must suffer the consequences. God's justice must be satisfied either by ourselves or by another. And we confess that we are completely helpless in our own strength simply because we cannot live perfectly. If the goal is innocence and 
perfect righteousness, then we can only confess that every day we increase our debt because we move further and further away from innocence with every sin that we commit. A child who just loves playing in the mud more than anything else will get dirty. And every time he touches the dirt, he increases how much dirt needs to be cleaned off. It's almost as if he had special sticky skin to which all sorts of things get attached. We also, born with original sin and by nature being inclined to commit more sins, so that that's how we are, so that instead of having more and more innocence, we actually increase our debt every day. Every sin against God and man, sins of omission and sins of commission, sinful words, actions, and thoughts. They just keep sticking to us and our debt increases more and more. Whether we have to pay for it or not, the tally count of strokes against us continues to grow. And if God would never lift the hand of his wrath from our backs, the weight of guilt and sorrow would be so great that it could lead to all sorts of anger and rebellion and hatred against him. This explains the desperation in the world around us. This explains the, the continued rebellion that the Bible tells us about even in, in the fires of punishment. Although we are saddened by the things we are seeing and in society around us, we are not surprised. We see that it's a progression of sinful nature. We also know that we fight against the same sinful and rebellious nature. And so we already know from experience what we read in Psalm 49, verse 7. Truly, no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life. It just doesn't work for one person who is inclined by nature to rebel against God to satisfy the wrath of God against the exact same sins that another rebellious sinner is committing. It would be like the drunk in the passenger seat with an open beer in his hand volunteering to drive after the driver has just been removed from the, from the vehicle and put in handcuffs for drinking and driving. Every person is in the same deplorable situation, the same guilt with dirty hands and a rebellious heart. And when we look down at ourselves first, we realize we simply cannot satisfy God's justice, not for ourselves and not for another, because we are daily increasing our debt with our sins. We need a mediator and a deliverer who is righteous, who does not share in our guilt. And this mediator cannot be just any creature. He must be one of us. You see that in our second point. When God created the world, he created several types of creatures. At some point, he created heavenly beings, generally referred to as angels, to serve him by reflecting his glory in heaven, to reflect his glory on earth as messengers, to serve humans, and to serve as reapers and sorters on the day of Christ's return, like we saw this morning. 
Before creating man, God also adorned his world with animals. Animals are different than human beings because they are not able to reason like people do. Finally, God made man in his image as king and crown of his creation. Man was made to live in communion with God and to praise him forever. But already in paradise, we read that men rebelled against the supreme majesty of God. The fallen nature of men, of all people, came from the disobedience of our first parents, Adam and Eve, in paradise. In Romans 5, Paul explains that this sin of Adam made the whole human race sinful and deserving of punishment. The Lord's punishment against the sin of the human race is specific to the human race and does not concern the animal kingdom or the angels. When we seek a mediator and a deliverer, we need to look in the right place. Our sin we find in Scripture, and it's often compared this way as well, if you read through the prophets, our sin is like a disease. And our situation is unique because only we have this disease in our veins. And that's why it doesn't help to, to point to another creature for our, our problem. Or it doesn't help to punish another creature for our problem. If someone has a disease, it does not help if your friend goes to the doctor for treatment in your place. Man is depraved and inclined to all sin. And so the Bible, the justice of God, makes the clear and very obvious statement that man must pay his own punishment or find someone within the human race to pay for them. God says in Ezekiel 18, verses 4 and 20, The soul who sins is the one who will die. The wickedness of the wicked will be charged against him. And that's why the Old Testament sacrifices could not save. That's why they only pointed ahead to Jesus Christ. Killing an animal, killing a thousand animals, would not solve a people's problem. God will not accept the payment of another creature for the sins that man committed. The human race needs a savior that is one of their brothers. So how much does it cost to pay off our debt? It costs eternal life to pay the debt of eternal death. Psalm 49 reminds us that it's extremely expensive. It's not a matter of dollars and cents. But this human sinner has to bear the divine punishment, which is eternal wrath, which even immortal angels cannot overcome. 2 Peter 2 verse 4 says that God sent the angels who sinned to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment. The punishment, the judgment, takes forever. Psalm 130 says uh, it very clearly. If you, Lord, mark iniquities, who, O Lord, could stand? Since the payment made by a human takes all eternity, there is no escape, even for a perfectly righteous human being who is punished for us and in our place. When the infinite punishes the finite, 
When the unlimited punishes the limited, well, the limited or the finite cannot escape. No one can come outside the the other side of, of an eternal punishment. No one can spend an eternity under the punishment and then later go on and continue living a new life. We see then the the absolute need we have for a Savior and a mediator. And if there's to be salvation from eternal punishment, our substitute needs to be more than just a human being. When we understand the depth of the problem, we can also see a lot of how a lot of teaching that wants to call itself Christian actually totally misses the point, even misses the gospel. The scriptures reveal that sin is like a cancer that has taken over our bodies or a gaping wound which, uh, which, which all, out of which all our blood is, is pouring out or a stain that gets right into our skin and gets darker and darker. And so it also reveals that the solution has to be drastic. There is no way to pay since our debt increases every day. And this is the clincher for anyone who may have thought that they and themselves could satisfy God's justice. Fallen man has fallen so far from grace that there is no way to peace with God if we take our starting point anywhere in all creation. Other creatures such as angels and animals cannot save us or or even intercede for us. In fact, not even someone who wasn't at the same time God would be able to help us. We can't buy a life or pay a ransom because the cost is so high that we would spend all eternity just paying the price for ourselves, never mind even beginning to pay for others. There is not the smallest part of our Christian lives to which we can point and say, in that part of my life, I don't need God's grace. So we come before the Lord with with empty hands. We confess that when it comes to when we come, we confess that when it comes to deliverance, there is nothing we can do to save ourselves. We see that Christ Jesus is the only way. Psalm 49 verse 15 promises that God will ransom our soul from the power of Sheol. God will redeem the life of fallen man. When we come to the New Testament, this is the resounding truth. We read it in Romans 5, such a beautiful passage. And I'll read together now, we can read together also from Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 to, to 17, where the Holy Spirit brings it all together. And here it says in Hebrews 2, verses 14 to 17, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because 
He himself has suffered when tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. You see, God did not transfer his punishment of man to another creature. But as we read in Hebrews 2, he he transferred this punishment to the being, the human being that he sent, his own son, to bear the burden of his wrath against all of us, against the whole human race. He did not come, Jesus did not come to save angels, says the letter to Hebrews, but he came to help us, the children of Abraham, the church of Jesus Christ. And so how does Jesus Christ really help us then? If Jesus Christ were only an example of a good man to follow so that we might have more success in our lives, he wouldn't actually save us from the death and punishment we deserved. If Jesus Christ only protected us and freed us from the attacks of the devil as some sort of spiritual bodyguard, a spiritual knight in shining army, he would be protecting a withering and dying creature that would still surely have to pay with his life for his sins. Christ Jesus is not some sort of superman that enriches your life with spiritual and maybe physical blessings. The gospel is so much better than that. When we see the problem, when we see what needs to be done, we see the glory of the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. The gospel is that Jesus Christ is our mediator and a deliverer. As a mediator, he stands between an an angry God, a God who is angry with sin, who must punish the sinful human race with temporal and eternal punishment. And he stands between this God and miserable sinners who just keep on rebellion. And then the Son of God took upon himself our human nature and he delivers us from this punishment. He, He is our substitute. You remember that debt that you keep adding to every time you commit a sin? Well, the Lord Jesus took that debt upon his own shoulders. He stands between God and us as as the debt payer. And he paid it off. The sins continue to offend God and make it impossible for us to be righteous by our good works. But at the same time, we believe that they have been completely punished and paid for by Jesus Christ who satisfied God's justice for us in our place. And now think how God looks upon you, dear believer. Think about how God sees you in Christ as as innocent and pure. And as a result, not only do we escape God's punishment, but we are also received by God with favor into his fellowship, into new life. We see that so clearly in the passage we read in Romans 5. Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we continue to to read and consider our confession about our deliverance in Jesus Christ, we will see that he is able to do this because he is true and righteous man and at the same time true God. He is a mediator 
and a deliverer, specially sent by God in his infinite mercy, exactly in order to rescue us from our hopeless situation. Specific sinners need a tailor-made Savior. And there is no other way. God redeems the life of sinners. The Savior can make the costly payment that is enough to satisfy God's justice and yet allow us to live forever without seeing decay. Psalm 49, verse 9. The promised Savior has come and He is incomparable. He is unique. He is the perfect substitute for every sinner who believes in Him. No human being in his own strength and in his own knowledge could begin to comprehend how helpless we are when it comes to our salvation. How difficult it is to to obtain salvation for us in our situation. Until we see the revelation of God in Jesus Christ. And when that real Savior is brought to light, there is no one who could have imagined the answer that God gave to our problem, much less begin to even start satisfying God's justice. If the gospel that we confess this afternoon was not revealed in Scripture, we would be the most miserable of all creatures. But thanks be to God, the mediator and the deliverer is revealed to us. His name is is Jesus Christ. And we know the only way it is possible to escape God's judgment and to be received again into favor. And it doesn't depend on our riches. It doesn't depend on our good works. It doesn't depend on our faith or our strength. It's revealed to us in Christ Jesus. God's power is clearly revealed in our weakness. He gives us faith that connects us to the Savior, Jesus Christ. And we worship God with the church of all ages, singing with joy, Psalm 49. But God will pay my ransom and not leave me, for He into His glory will receive me. Amen. And we'll sing that.